Good morning, it is April 22nd. My name is John Watson, and this is my Death by Tech blog post entitled Thoughts About Media and the Role of Small Voices. This is one of those tech-adjacent posts. It's not highly technical, uh, but it's tech-adjacent in the sense that uh, it's something that's kind of, I run across a lot and is on my mind a lot. You can find the text version of this blog post at dbt, for Death by Tech, dbt.johnw.zone. Back in January, I decided to take my writing up a notch. I used to just blog, in air quotes, which was this nice, relaxed pace, writing only when I felt like I had something interesting to say. And while that provided almost no stress, it also didn't really provide much content. Uh, months would go by without without a post. It wasn't that I felt I had nothing to say. I just felt like no matter what I thought to say, somebody had already said it. I didn't have any incentive to write about things I like because a million other people were already writing about those topics. And around that same time, uh, I started to become actively aware of the decline of quality in what we used to call, and perhaps should still call, mainstream media. Google uh, has almost single-handedly destroyed the news market uh, when they created Google News. Google News essentially denies the ability of almost every newsletter to make any money on their product. And the news media responded in the same way that every other industry that has been butchered by Google or Amazon or one of these giant companies has. And either just shut their doors or they started producing the only content it could still continue to afford to produce. In this case, poorly researched and hastily written stuff. Eventually, I came to realize that I hadn't read a, a mainstream newspaper or watched one of those old newscasts uh, in months, maybe maybe even years, preferring to get my information from individuals and smaller niche sites that didn't need Google to get by and were able to survive, if not exactly thrive. So who were those? Who are those people that can survive without the Googles? Well, this is the first point of, of the first thought I had as I'm writing this, and that is that yesterday's fringe content, what we used to call fringe content, now dominates today's conversations. I came to realize that, that these things were kind of natural together. Of course there was a million people all saying the same thing. That happened because of the vacuum left by Google's outright attack on the fourth estate. It left this vacuum behind which sucked in all these voices from the fringes, and those voices were suddenly prominent. It was at that point that I decided to write more. Uh, write stuff I knew about. Write it in my own voice instead of trying to conform to this kind of dull drone that, that, that media companies like. Write the stuff I wanted to write about without second-guessing myself about tone. Am I saying this the right way? Am I going to offend someone? Is this clear enough? Uh, write what write what I want to write without without trying to create evergreen content, which is basically just a fancy way of saying clickbait. Evergreen content. Uh, everybody I've ever worked for wants like 80% evergreen content, which which if you don't know what that phrase means, it means I can write it today, but it's still true three years from now. So it's the exact opposite of news, and it's incredibly boring to write. To kick off this new project, I joined Medium, medium.com. And for several weeks, I think about a month, I wrote articles there. And I mean I wrote. Every single day, pretty much, I published something. That is a lot of writing. It didn't take me very long to realize that although my idea was good, write more, my solution was not. Write more on Medium. Medium is a really broken idea, but you really need to muckle onto it and live hard on it for a little while to discover how, how messed up it is. And if uh, you want a good Nova Scotian phrase, you can use muckle onto it. You have my permission. Uh, my final article on Medium was about how it had unwittingly built a system that rewards writers for publishing poor quality. 
instead, <laughs> which is ironic because it's attempting to do the exact opposite. There's a link in, in my post to that article that I wrote that goes into the details of why I say that. For myself, I'm a technologist at heart. I build things every day, code, um, systems, networks, that type of thing. Some of these things are simple. Some of them are really, really complex. Some are incredibly stupid. Uh, and some are I'm quite proud of. Because of my long experience building things, I know that the first version of anything almost never works. It's always a learning tool, and you're almost always going to throw it out. So I looked for other solutions. That's what I did with Medium. That was my first version. Didn't work out. Threw it out. I've thrown a quote in here from Fred Brooks, who wrote a book called The Mythical Man Month. And there's this great quote in there. He says, plan to throw one away. You will anyhow. And I love that phrase, and I keep it with me all the time because because it's true. When you go to, let's say, write a, write a script to do something, write a piece of code to do something, if you haven't written that before, you're not exactly going to know all the ins and outs. You kind of know what you're doing, but you don't know all the little nitty-gritty details. So you write it. And you're almost certainly going to throw it out or most of it out because because the process of writing that first one will teach you the things you did not know going into it. But it's also very subtle because you can't you can't honestly plan to throw it out, right? Like you know you're going to, but you can't go into it going, okay, I'm just going to put a half-ass effort into this thing because I know it's probably not going to become the finished project product. Because if you do that, then you haven't. That's not really your first one. You're not going to learn all the stuff you need to learn. So you do this half-ass, you'll go, okay, I learned enough, throw it out. You'll start over, and you'll still throw that one away because you didn't learn all the stuff. So plan to throw one away doesn't mean I'm going to put you know suboptimal effort into this because I know it's never going to see the light of day. Plan to throw one away means you know intellectually in my head, I know this one's probably not going to make it, and I'm not going to get upset when it doesn't. So that's what I did with Medium. I liked my solution, write more, didn't like the Medium part of it. So I started reflecting on the fact that I missed mainstream media so little that I did not initially realize I stopped consuming it. It was only after being absent from it for months, maybe over a year, that I started to wondering random things like, hey, does the Globe and Mail newspaper still deliver to my door? Spoiler, it does not. Uh, and the digital edition is now the same price as the paper edition that used to be delivered right to my door. So that's an example of declining quality with <laughs> the same price point. I wondered, if I'm no longer consuming traditional media, am I ill-informed? Do I know what's happening in the world anymore? Uh, or do I not know anymore because I stopped reading newspapers and I dropped my subscriptions to news outlets? I was careful to eliminate bias confirmation as I explored this idea. What I did was I purposely reviewed the media outlets that I used to read and then let slide into oblivion uh, over a period of several months to see what they had been reporting on. And then I took that information and I said, did I know about that story already? If I did, what did I think about how they covered it? And if I didn't know about it, why not? So at the end of the day, uh, I was able to confirm that I am as informed as everybody else. doesn't mean I know everything, but I wasn't living in an echo chamber. Um, I wasn't just, you know, surrounding myself with media that only agrees with my point of view, that type of thing. So, I, like, I certainly encountered stories I had not heard of, but they were stories that I don't care about had I known, like the hunting season changes or uh, something that happened in a town three provinces away. I came to understand that that by by moving away from mainstream media, I didn't check out of reality. I just subconsciously made choices about the outlets that I considered to have good information. So it's really no surprise that the suffering media outlets that, that pre-existed Google News and are still trying to hack their way through really did not make the list of uh, quality news sites. And that brings us to the second point of this, the second kind of realization I had, is that 
aggregated news as a product. It's not a legitimate attempt to inform. So to be clear, aggregated news is newscasts, newspapers, things like that. Everybody knows when they pick up a newspaper, they don't care about everything in it. They care about maybe half of what's in it, but they don't know what half it's going to be. So that's the purpose of aggregation, because the publisher doesn't know either. The publisher just says, well, as long as one person cares about at least one thing in this, then we've done, we've done our job. But the reality of it is aggregation is designed to sell ads. It's designed to keep our eyes on the screen and our eyes on the paper and keep us flipping the pages so these media outlets can sell ads. So that's what I mean by aggregated news as a product. It's, it's not a legitimate attempt to inform us. It's a legitimate attempt to sell ads. So I realized that I now get my info from specific sources. And if something's complex enough, I will collaborate it with other resources. For example, instead of paying the Globe and Mail for its Ontario edition, yeah, which is the closest edition to my East Coast home, but still like three provinces away, instead of doing that, I pay for a monthly subscription to All Nova Scotia, which is, as it sounds, uh, very local news, and it happens to be well-written and well-researched. More examples, in lieu of hoping that the doddering CBC or CTV will get even basic information about security news, correct, I care about that, that's my field, I read people like Brian Krebs, and I follow sites like Threat Post or Dark Reading. Rather than relying on, third, on a third party to curate information that is in its best interest to feed me, I started going to the source. I check in with my town website to know what's important to me hyper-locally. I watch the daily COVID-19 briefings. I'm recording this and writing this in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. I, uh, I watch those briefings with our premier and our chief medical officer of health to see what like the next couple of weeks of my life look like in terms of epidemiology and, and the curve. I reach out to my mayor or counselors directly if I have questions about things that fall within their domain. And when I need more than a three-bullet PowerPoint slide to understand complex legal issues in the digital or internet landscape of my country, I go to Michael Geist. And that brings me to the third you know, takeaway from this, is that opinions aren't news. I know you're thinking, of course I'm not, John. But that was kind of, that wasn't a revelation to me, but was a revelation to me is, is how we are becoming poor at discerning. I, I now eschew opinion pieces entirely. I've had a, it's been a really long and coming epiphany that opinions aren't news. There's no value other than, you know, fanciful distraction in knowing what, like, a doctor thinks about a legal matter or what economists think about epidemiology. Yet, you can find that stuff in any newspaper and any kind of aggregate news, news source in, in the world. And there's really no value to me or very little value in following news outlets that really have just lapsed into hapless opinion mills because that's the only unique content they're able to muster anymore. And that last sentence may seem trivial, but I think there's a lot of truth in there. And I think the truth is that as these news outlets become less competent, less able to break their own stories and do their own research, the chance of them therefore breaking a story that nobody's heard before go down drastically because they're kind of in a face-to-face battle with Google News which has the news from everybody in the entire world but what they can do what's always unique content is opinions we all know about opinions everybody's got opinions right so a news outlet that's unable to research and break its own stories can still publish opinion and call that unique content but what did I just say opinions aren't news 
So it is with the sincerest of hopes that I can contribute meaningful content and commentary to this discourse that I now decide to reel in all my writing activities, and I'm just going to concentrate on this one single project, what you're listening to now, and what you can read at dbt.johnw.zone. That's my Death by Tech newsletter, or blog, and I'm not even sure what it is, um, that I'm going to be focusing on. I'll no longer be continuing the one-time pad security newsletter. In fact, by the time this hits the airwaves, I will have already shut that down. And I'll be removing all my content from my main site at johnwatson.ca and just focus solely on putting all my writing content here. So to wrap this up, that's what I'm doing. And how can you support me? Well, if you're getting this, you are already either a subscriber or a subscriber has forwarded it to you. In either case, that's fine. If you are not a subscriber, if you found this on Facebook or Twitter or your friend forwarded it to you, then please click the link at the bottom or the top or wherever it is and subscribe yourself. That's really all I want. That's enough encouragement for me to go, hey, people, people do want to hear this stuff, or at least they think they do. Maybe they'll unsubscribe two weeks down the road. I don't know. But that's all I would ask you to do. And you can infer from that, subscribers, that uh, please feel free to share the free posts that you get. There is, of course, one further level. If you wish to subscribe and get more content, you can pay in a variety of different ways, which I'm not going to go into details here. But if you are interested in uh, any of the many, many ways that you could do that, you can visit uh, the link to this post. And the very last paragraph contains a bunch of information on how to do that. But regardless of how you heard this, or regardless of how you're reading it, I appreciate your attention. And you can look forward to more content, some of it more technical in nature, some of it more opinion pieces like this, because, you know, opinions aren't news. But when you run your own personal newsletter, blog, whatever this is, uh, you can take some liberties that way. So I hope you enjoyed this. And again, you can find this post and many others at DBT for Death by Tech, dbt.johnw.zone.